selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. You know, <laughs> okay, it's actually just so funny because what I love about Shopify is no matter how huge and massive you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control, yes, daddy, and take your business to the next level because we're business women. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash book club. That's shopify.com slash book club, all lowercase. Shopify.com slash book club. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Who's that knocking at the door? It's all your friends, you filthy whore. Your husband's gone and we've got books and a bottle of wine to kill. It's Hollywood. It's books. It's gossip. I'm shook. It's memoirs. It's martinis. It's Studio 54. It's Celebrity Book Club. Come read it while it's hot. Celebrity Book Club. Tell your secrets, we won't talk. Celebrity Book Club. No boys are allowed. Celebrity Book Club. Club. Buzz me in, I brought the Cuervo. Hey, best, hey, best friend. friend. <laughs> I almost forgot what our, what we say. <laughs> That's um, so exhausted I am. I don't know if it's from life or from the book that we read, quote unquote. Or Yeah, I feel like a, road trip. a dizziness almost. Like I'm high, but not. Mm-hmm. And I think Even we can all relate, listeners, right? As summer officially kicks off. Happy solstice, everyone. What are we doing for a solstice out there, freak leaks <laughs> Steve and I have so much to catch up on because we just spent the last 900 hours together. (laughs) On a car ride all the way to the beautiful state of Michigan. Then to Illinois. Yeah. Back to Ohio, Pennsylvania, New Jersey. And everything in between. Okay, wait. Rank all the states. Just go. Be honest. I'm going to be honest. Number one, Michigan. Number two, Illinois. Number three, Ohio. Number four, Pennsylvania. I mean, I'm not going to count New Jersey because New Jersey's epic. And I feel like that was just the beginning of the road trip. Agreed. And Indiana at five as being like the saddest, worst state. Ding, in ding, America. ding. Hard agree. I would literally put those in the exact same order. Okay, I'm so glad we're aligned. I might have switched Ohio and PA, but ultimately I think yeah. Ohio does have like, we didn't spend a lot of time in the cities, but I did think the well, architecture in downtown Youngstown was beautiful, if deserted. If and there's anything you're going to do this summer, it's go to the Hilton in Youngstown, yeah. Ohio. The amenities, the marketplace, the sheets, the spaciousness. The ceiling height. Oh yes. my God, the drama. 
So, the view. I also thought the amazing thrift store we went to in Dubois was in Ohio. But on the way back, I realized it was in Pennsylvania. So are you revising your bag? No, I'm going to keep it as is, but just special shout out, Dubois. Dubois is a fun town. <laughs> Although yeah. I wouldn't go back to Station 101. No. This was like a carpeted hotel lobby gastropub off the side of the road by a Marriott Fairfield. Yeah, in just the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. Stephen ordered a gorgeous appetizer of seared tuna <laughs> with a soy sauce dipping. <laughs> <laughs> it was the weirdest thing to see this seared tuna come out that's like very pink, just like lightly turned on the side, and you are in the middle of absolute nowhere on this oval plate in this like Highway. brightly lit gastropub. And it was like all women with the K plus eight haircut. You know, it made you look more youthful. The seared tuna. <laughs> yeah, it made you look young. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it was so TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Seared tuna. You also called ahead to ask what their soup of the day was, which is the funniest thing to do in the entire world. Like, just call a random bar and grill and be like, what's your soup of the day? <laughs> but the thing about soup is... It you, totally depends. If you're in the mood for soup, you need to call. Well, especially if you were feeling sick and it was clam chowder, that's just cream. Yeah. Although I have learned recently that that's just an old wives' tale that cream actually makes you phlegmy and snotty. Oh, I feel like you've been so anti-dairy. I mean, it can't be like... We what? all have because we associate cream with snot because they're similar consistencies and colors. But the reality is, it does not affect mucus production. But what dairy does do, and when I ordered the firecracker chicken egg rolls, it does affect the stomach. I'm getting shivers <laughs> thinking about just the sight of those egg rolls. They were the whitest things I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. An egg roll should be cylindrical. Yes, and cut diagonally so you can see. They were the size of little burgers. They reminded me of like Polish cabbage roll size. It felt like you could throw them, like it was part of a game. Oh, and they had the weight, too. Yeah. You know, the beanbag that you play on the beach with the little cornhole. Cornhole. <laughs> like those men play on the beach. <laughs> cornhole. What is that game? It's in the regional United States and some parts of Canada. I do want to say to all the people who are, like, maybe angrily kvetching about Lily putting and Mia Green with Pennsylvania and Indiana at the last mm, of the list. And yeah. you're like, well, you, you can't know a state just from driving through whatever— I'll say this. You can tell about a state from driving through as much as anything. You Vibes. Know? I mean, the second that we crossed over into Michigan, the vibe changed. We didn't get off the highway, but I could tell the vibe was different. And like, we had so much fun in Youngstown, and that's why I'm putting that. No, yeah, I'm not ragging on it, right. but I'm just saying, instantly you get to Michigan, it's more verdant. There's more colorful, like, fun signs. You know, even the, the houses, the decor, there's a little bit more variety. And I felt like more grass. Yeah. And I do know our supervising producer, Abu, is from Ohio. No, 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 no. And, and I, I know it. And, and, and he grew up outside Toledo. And yeah. I had a really great experience in Toledo losing my passport. <laughs> and I'll never forget that. <laughs> I wanted to spend more time at the Ohio dive bars and billiards rooms. And, of course, Harrisburg is my favorite city, so yeah. Pennsylvania, shout out. But, yeah, I think that's why they call it pure Michigan. But I also say this about Michigan. I'm sure there are, like, cuter vacation towns. It's like the Cape, Coastal Elite, trigger warning. When you're in the Cape, you're in this, like, full beachside vacation mode. Cape Cod National Seashore. Yeah. 
And I just felt like the Douglas, bluff, Michigan was dunes. still a little, like we had a gorgeous kayak ride, but it was still like, okay, and I see the highway. Yeah, ultimately, we never even saw the lake while we were there. Well, I saw Lake Michigan later in Chicago. Yeah, but I bet in Douglas, Michigan, it was supposed to be like a lake town. And that's what's so gay resort about the resort we were at is that gay resorts are always like in the least appealing part yes. of whatever region you're in. Like the gay beach is always the hardest to get to the farthest away next to a sewage treatment facility, <laughs> like down a dangerous set of rocks, like a condemned staircase, etc. So true. So it's like, right, the straight area of like Lake Michigan and pure Michigan is probably like much cuter and less like highway based. And that's because queer people create their own beauty. Thank you. And speaking of creating their own beauty, the book we slowly listen to on the way back it's a new release a release that kind of was supposed to be a blockbuster and then didn't seem to really make a huge impact yeah i wonder what the sales are let's say the title it is by none other than elliot page and and his his book page boy so There's been a lot of, like, daily mails and, you know, kind of, like, ooh, recaps. What happened in this book? Like, the crazy gossip. Like, Elliot Page reveals his secret relationship with Kate Mara. Yeah. Turns out the entire book is actually, like, a Canadian history book. Yeah. That's what they're not telling (laughs) you out there, and that's the psyop. (laughs) No, the real psyop is this book is just extended sets of Wikipedia entries. (laughs) About Halifax. (laughs) And let's say maybe like how close the Halifax farmer's market is to the Halifax downtown or the Halifax harbor side. And the reason it's like this is because the book is nonlinear, which we'll get to, (laughs) but it'll just be like telling a story, you know, about the childhood, right? And the the stepmom is mean. And so it's like, okay, that's context, right? Like that's going to get us somewhere. But then, you know, it'll go back to that story after we're already in Hollywood. And then it's just like, as I turned the corner on La Cienega, I was reminded of South 6th Street (laughs) in Halifax in the winter and the mothers bringing their daughters to the Christmas show in their boots, their small boots that they would buy (laughs) that were brown, but sometimes blue. (laughs) And you're just like, what? Literally, what the fuck are you talking about? And it's just like, you fall asleep every three minutes in this book. And there were so many moments where, like, I did relate to, but then it was distracted and taken away, I feel like, from me, by (laughs) the Canadian history and the spoken wordness. And... Say it with me, as Elliot says, queer narratives aren't linear. The book starts out with this whole very, like, as we were saying when we first heard it, this very, like, human rights campaign, like, boilerplate, like, campaign speech. Just being <laughs> yeah, like, I was like, we are beautiful and the LGBTQ plus community. Commu- he always says LGBTQ Wait, plus every there time. There was some moment where you know, he when he says, says West Hollywood is the LGBTQ oh, plus area of Los Angeles. Like, and you're like, are you a robot? Yeah, it's like. Are you a trans man or are you just like fully an alien coming to Earth being like West Hollywood? You may not know it, but it's home to the LGBTQ plus community. So I went to a bar with Alia Shakwa, <laughs> who I loved in Arrested Development. <laughs> she was sweet, had freckles, reminded me of my stepmom Linda's grandmother, who we would visit on the south shore of Nova Scotia in an inlet 
that would usually reach 70 degrees <laughs> Celsius. When he talked no, about the, the Celsius. No, the Northumberland <laughs> current that's unusually warm. And you're like, where is this going? Like full two minutes later, we're still in the current. We're still on average temperature patterns in the North Atlantic. The summer Celsius of Nova Scotia summers in 1991. I was like, I'm ready to cry and be like, yes, I'm with you. I was also like crying, forcing my body into my gap jeans while my hips were going through puberty into like a body I didn't want. But I couldn't go there. No. You're really, it's impossible to go anywhere in this book. The second you start to hear like a story, you're back in Halifax. And you're back on the Halifax Wikipedia page learning about the 1917 explosion. I Okay, this is what I want to say about the nonlinear, like yes. setting up the book to have the format it does. So it's like this whole the HRC sort of Cynthia Nixon speech in the beginning. And like that line, like we all know queer narratives are inherently nonlinear. And it's like, what does that mean? That is yeah. a meaningless sentence. And it's, it's just like, like, yeah, things change. And it's I like, guess like what he is saying, it's just like, Okay, I feel like when I was like ages two to 12, I was so butch and I was like, I'm a man. And then in middle school, like Elliot, I thought I had to be femme. And then and it's like, okay, that I guess is kind of nonlinear. And I then guess, <laughs> okay, because you like wore skirts at 14. I guess I'm giving that to you. But that's not really the story that's told in this book. The no. story that's told in this book is literally just, just like, I was like scared to be gay and then I was gay and then I was scared to be trans and then I was trans. And it's just like, that's a line. That's just literally a line. And it's like, you're actually just making this nonlinear by starting with, which many books do, the first woman you fell in love with and then going to childhood. Yeah. It's like, that's just like memories. <laughs> like, it's a little more like a diary style. And I was almost like wishing it was a little more diary and like punk in this way. Because like, Elliot, I mean, this is such a 2008 like indie testament also. where it's Peaches concert. It's Peaches concert, which was the most fucking badass, queerest thing I've ever seen. Sorry. Peaches I was like, lived is, out loud. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> fucking dildos everywhere. Where were you when you first heard Teaches of Peaches? Where were you? I mean, was it just in the episode of The L Word that is in? Probably. In high school? I assume. And it's like lightly playing like Teaches of Peaches. Although maybe I want to say I heard it in a car on CD. But was that burning the L Word soundtrack? Or was it like me playing it on a mix for you in the sob? Okay, wait. I feel like you were playing it on a mix for me. That seems more. I'm like, oh, this is a fucking dope song. And this is actually about to be the queerest thing you've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) So we weren't saying the word queer because that word did not exist then. We hadn't reclaimed it yet. The first time I saw the word queer was when your sister came back from Yale (laughs) with a a pin that said, ask me about being queer at Yale. Stop. (laughs) Because she became like a queer ambassador or something. That is actually, we dead stock grail. Oh, that is low. Literally. Ask me about being queer at Yale is the the, the funniest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. The she they is with the Paris Review totes. Watch out. Get your credit cards out. Okay. okay. They're paying top dollar for that. Apple pay that add to cart (laughs) pre-order. We're making those. But you're okay, but it's like, yes, it's like, so you wish it were more of a diary and more punk. Do you think it's just Elliot or to me, it's a little bit like 
ghostwriter yes telling elliot to like incorporate halifax fires and like because that gives it a heft and like a weight to be like oh connect it to something else i mean the part where we burst out laughing the house the explosion. Okay. all right so let's, let's talk about up. the explosion yeah so elliot is telling so if, a and story if you're listening, just get out your notebook and <laughs> yeah glasses on so elliot <laughs> is telling a story about how he hung out at school with the kids with weird hair the freaks queers and he did like start dating this boy who was like very lord of the rings and it's very like techie bisexuals so they have their first kiss on like a rock they were kissing and then some jocks were like faggots right and then instantly elliot goes into the fact about the place where they were kissing was where the great halifax 1917 fire happened SS Mont Blanc was a cargo steamship that was built in Middlesbrough, England in 1899 for a French shipping company. On Thursday morning, December 6, 1917, she entered Halifax Harbor in Nova Scotia, Canada laden with a full cargo of high volatile explosives. As she made her way through the narrows toward Bedford Basin, she was involved in a collision. With Imo, a Norwegian ship, a fire aboard, the French ship ignited her cargo of wet and dry, 2,300 tons of picric acid, 500 tons of TNT, and 10 tons of gun cotton. The resultant Halifax explosion leveled the Richmond district and killed approximately 2,000 people. And the injured may have been about 9,000. Okay, so what you just read was actually the Wikipedia page could have been directly from the could book. Could have been, yeah. Absolutely directly from the book. And like eventually there's tries to be like one little connection where it's just like, and the people didn't know where to go. There was panic in the streets. They were haunted. Limbless. I wondered what queer people did after the explosion. explosion? <laughs> I'm like, what? excuse me? 1917 queer folk post-Halifax explosion. We did burst out laughing. And that is not to make fun of what the queer people did. Did experience during that. No. Which would have been terrifying, you know, especially for a queer person. In Halifax. Because queer people are more likely to be sound sensitive. <laughs> well, also queer people are afraid of ships. You referred to what's her name from Real World San Diego? Was she Who queer? Was, no, I guess I'm referring to myself. <laughs> You're not being, afraid of ships. You love the water. I do love the water, but I got nauseous and seasick. So just kind of like that is a trigger for me. <laughs> okay, sorry. Let me make some space for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just like then I thought it was actually gonna be like a story that like Elliot uncovered, like with some HRC executive being like, I learned about Greta Scullo, who was a queer woman trans woman in Halifax in 1915 but it was just kind of the imagining there was no like it was just story. trying to, it was just trying to say like oh like this moment was actually more impactful because they were sitting on this rock in Halifax near an explosion it happened so therefore this space was like haunted with stories and we inherit the legacies of like people behind us and it's like ghosts and it's history and it's kind of just saying like so time passes but like it was also that's like, your big point also trying to be anti-war in this really random way like anti-World War One French ships that was like what? Well, all the politics shoehorned into this constantly, which is very queer narrative. Like, there's like land acknowledgement <laughs> no, all over all the, the place. Right. It's it's like talking about Fourth of July. He's three, by the way, and is like as a white three year old, 
I liked fireworks. I didn't yet know about like the destruction <laughs> well, of. It's actually talking about Canada Day, not Fourth of July. <laughs> okay, I'm stepping back. I'm actually leaving the studio. <laughs> so why don't you stop like Americanizing Canadian history? And I do that all the time, and I'm just here. <laughs> they to are their own country. Thank you, which I learned absolutely in this book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And Toronto and Vancouver. So I did learn that the acting community is chiller in Canada. That was something well, I learned. Well, everyone's just like a more passive in Canada because that's kind of their identity. It's less like Hollywood. Yeah, they're less aggressive. They're less pushy. You know, the politeness that they're famous right. for. He fell into acting very like, and just like that. I feel like people would like love this to happen to them where it was like a teacher was like, audition for this film, fifth Well, that graders. often happens with child actors. Is that kind of like how I was asked to uh, audition for an Apple commercial that I didn't get? Yeah, so that was sort of your big break, <laughs> yeah. and you ultimately did I fucked it up, fumble <laughs> the bag. Whoops, bag not suckered. <laughs> but yes, I did get a free first generation iPod and a check, and that's when I opened my first Bank of America. That's so account. cool. And now I'm a realtor. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I'm partnering with Bank of America for Pride. But yeah, so somebody came to Elliot's elementary school and it was like they were casting for it was like some period piece. Yeah, it was a period piece that was like sounding kind of Little House on the Prairie, but Canada version. And like I feel like a lot of the stuff that he was in was like I feel like it's all Little House on the Prairie. Like, I feel like that's the kind... Because, like, he was, like... There was, like, a TV movie of the week on Canadian Broadcasting yeah, Company. Yeah, it was a show that was then turned into a TV movie of the week. Or it was a TV movie of the week that was that turned into a turned show. To yeah. a show. <laughs> but I do feel like a lot of that kind of, like, PBS kind of, like, more locally stuff, like, tends to be, like, it's, 1800s um, vibes. What's that show that I was forced to watch 900 times in sixth grade that had Ben Affleck in it that was actually about ships? There was a mom and there's, like, an old sailor. What? I'm just absolutely okay, blank, nothing. blank as night right now. As you say, I watched that at my Montessori school. <laughs> yeah, maybe you watched that at Montessori <laughs> school when you guys were like figuring out what a shape is. Yeah, we actually had a really dope science teacher. He was a Nam. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this was a gender affirming moment for me. Him lifting up his polyester suit pant and showing us his shrapnel wound. Whoa. Yeah. Scary. And me being like, wow. That's a hero. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Driscoll. You're like, Mr. Driscoll, thank you for your service. service. You think I can be an army man? Celebrity <laughs> Book Club. It was that summer. That summer, I started using Cozy Earth. Cozy Earth makes elevated loungewear and amazing, luxurious, soft, bedding that surpasses even the finest hotel sheets for a restful night's sleep on your travels or at home. I love Cozy Earth so much that I got it as a present for my spouse. And the things that happened on that bed, you wouldn't believe it. I got their joggers and oh my God, it almost feels like you're nude, better than nude. It feels like you're swimming in the most luxurious ocean. So stay cool and comfy during long flights with Cozy Earth's temperature-regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew, adding mm, a touch of style to your travel ensemble. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code CBC at checkout to get 35% off. 
and let them know we sent you after checkout, okay? Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling scented coffins or outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You know, (laughs) okay, it's actually just so funny because what I love about Shopify is no matter how huge and massive you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control. Yes, daddy. And take your business to the next level because we're business women. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. I'm talking Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklyn, and all your favorite DTC brands. Do you want to be a Brooklyn in business? Or do you want to be the sad girl selling candles on the subway? Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash book club. That's shopify.com slash book club, all lowercase. If you do it uppercase, it won't work. Just like your sales if you don't use Shopify. Shopify.com slash book club. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. One of my, I would say, most Elliot moments of gender euphoria is when my therapist let me play out the Civil War and I acted as former President Rutherford B. Hayes, who was a union general, and really just getting to play within that. As Elliot would call that private play, which I was thinking about. Elliot was always like, I loved private play. And like, so I always that was loved very, private play. That was very like therapist parent to have that phrase. I was I kind know. of surprised at that, that his like mom like used that phrase. Did you watch not to pry. Did I watch Juno? Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were going to call me out on this. It's on our favorite station, Max, no, streaming. No, because I had to watch and just like that for our episode of the VIP Lounge that came out now two weeks no, ago. No, and I thank you for episode. that work. Sorry. I've and been busy. Not an accusation. But I have seen Hard Candy. Okay? okay. And I loved Hard Candy when it came out years ago. I thought it was very stylish. It's very stylish. It's shot in one room. Yeah. It's a pretty cool indie flick. It's a badass, like, feminist. Yeah. But as we learned in Juno, he was fucking his female co-star the whole goddamn time. Yeah. Well, we don't learn that in Juno. You learn it in the book. (laughs) Yes. I rewatched Juno and it is just Or was it really obvious watching Juno? It's really obvious that Elliot is gay. You're just like, this is insane. Like, And I remember thinking that watching Juno for the first time. I'm just like, the whole plot is that like Elliot's character is like hornier for Michael Sarah than he is for Elliot. And everyone's like, oh, like, Juno, you're the slut. And it's like, I just, I'm not buying this. Also, Jennifer Garner is in it, your favorite actress. No, I mean, I'll, I'll see it. You gotta catch it. It's okay. a pretty hilarious movie. So you didn't buy Elliot Page as girl as straight? No, and I don't think I ever did. And I don't think anyone ever did, which leads us to... An article written by Michael Musto. Okay, so he brings this up in the book. So then, After Juno comes out, yes. Elliot becomes famous. 
blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of like drama where, of course, they want him to wear a dress to the premiere, etc. Now he's being seen around town in flannels and jeans and, you know, generally being himself. So Michael Musto writes a little article in The Village Voice. Classic Musto. Ellen Page. Is she or isn't she? I mean, come on already. Is she? You know, Lebanese. She certainly dresses like a, you know, tomboy. And if you Google Ellen Page boyfriend, not a whole lot comes up. Except for a link to some interview where she refers to an old beau. And if you Google Ellen Page dating, you get the news that she dated Ben Foster. But then you get a follow-up saying she denies that ever happened. Who did she go to the Oscars with? I couldn't tell from the crop shots of her, but it looked like she was maybe with her mother. For guys, that used to signify 100% gay. But for girls, it might just mean young and or Canadian. Or, um, gay. <laughs> Which is so funny because Canadian and lesbian are so are the often same the thing. same thing. Well, it's also like literally challenge us not read a book by Canadians. Or lesbians. Or Canadian lesbians. <laughs> And then there was the web item saying Elliot was an out lesbian, but for all I know, the guy who ran that is the same douche who started the whole Marsha Cross is coming out campaign. God, I forgot about oh. Marsha Cross. Wait, and people think Marsha Cross is gay. Well, apparently. Some asshole. Some asshole, okay. Come on, people. Help me out of this mess. Before I get stampeded by publicists streaking, this is an invasion of privacy. Yeah, yeah, shut up. This is what I do. Let's put the dikey pieces together. Is Juno <laughs> a Juno? And if so, which male will they quickly match her up with? Zac Efron? <laughs> what a uh, bitch. What a huge bitch. Uh, Michael Musto. Yeah. A legend. You know, and I feel like that's the difference between me and Elliot Page. That's it. <laughs> that's it. That's the only difference. Well, I guess I wouldn't know how I felt if I was like a really famous actor who was being pulled out of the closet. But I'm just kind of like, I don't know if that was written by me. Like, I might laugh, but I might not. Yeah, I mean. I can't really go there since I I will say, like, you know, Elliot Page was a incredibly, like, dour, serious, humorless, annoying lesbian. And I think, I don't don't know if he's, like, I don't think he's really lightened up that much, at least from the book, which does not contain one single moment of levity or lightheartedness or joke in it at all. Do you remember when (laughs) I met Elliot? What? Do you remember the story? Okay, that a friend of ours brought him to a birthday party at that gay sports bar, Boxers, because they were shooting something together. And he was so nice and, like, friendly, and I was, like, trying to act chill because, obviously, I'm, like, an absolute, like, freak around, like, a celebrity or anyone who even, like, sells a car. And he goes, oh, does anyone want anything? Like, going to the bar and, like, no one answers because no one's going to be, like, have Elliot Page, like, buy them a drink. Except for me. I was, like, I'll have a Bud Light. <laughs> and he did buy me a Bud Light. I was, like, here you go. But I was, like, no one else is asking him to... By them That's like fucking stupid. Celebrity <laughs> asks like, you for, they, like, if you want something, like, obviously. It's $4. So what was the rest of the interaction? We were kind of, like, in a circle and chatting and, like, laughing. So I would say he is much more, like, normal and laughing in person and not, like, book version is just, like, the most serious-ass Canadian. Okay, cool. I mean, yeah. I mean, I would hope. I mean, he's always being like, I love Catherine Keener. She is so close to me. We so laugh. warm. We drank tequila. Okay, a few things about L.A. One, L.A. is so game parties. I feel like people in L.A. are so, like, come over and we're playing, like, set and tequila. Yeah, well, because in L.A., all you can do is, like, go to people's houses. Yeah, and be around a fire pit. Because, like, there are, like, no, like, public spaces. You wear the green spaces in L.A. And it's so driving, so you're always just like, yeah, we're going to this person's house, so... So the whole biggest tea in this book is that, like, he slept with Kate Mara. But then, 
I was confused because then there's like a whole like 700 chapters about another famous actress he's with who he codes as I was, Ryan. I was confused too because I thought Ryan was Kate Mara, but then Kate Mara is named. And then there's the story yeah. about hiding in the closet when like Ryan's boyfriend comes over. But Kate Mara also has a boyfriend. And right. Like, but the is, boyfriend knows about it and the boyfriend is an X-Men with Elliot. Yeah, that part's crazy. I kind of can't believe that. And the boyfriend is like, no, you should like go explore with Elliot. And Elliot talks about getting over Ryan with Kate. So I'm like, who is Ryan? I'm so confused by the sentence you just said. But like, <laughs> I can't imagine what someone who didn't listen to this book is thinking. But Basically, he was with a famous actress. And I then do wonder if he was just maybe... Combining stories. Combining stories because he didn't want to like make Kate Mara look bad. So That's it was making, what I thought. Taking the bad Kate Mara stories and making him another person. Yep. Which is so generous to Kate Mara. It is. And like then I read that Who's Kate now Mara, married to, interestingly... Jamie Bell. Who's the star of... Billy Elliot. Oh, queer narrative. And also the name Elliot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Put the dikey pieces together. But right, as like when say. Elliot is with Ryan, it's like a lot of like them at the Bowery Hotel and this actress like leaving, getting a cab, and then Elliot like meeting her at a side door and going in. And yeah. then like throwing up at Alia Shockwatt's house because like Ryan shows up with her boyfriend. It just kind of sounds like that's about Kate Mara, who and was dating Max Lingella at the time. Exactly. And then there are paparazzi photos of Elliot and Kate Mara kind of holding each other. And then like the end of the book is just honestly listing hotels. It switches from like Halifax to just being like, we walked to Cafe Gatan. And then the Jane Hotel, which is a historic hotel. It's like, whenever we'd giving... be in New York <laughs> and the studio would put me up at a fancy hotel like the Mandarin Oriental or the Mercer or the Soho Grand yeah. or the Bowery <laughs> or the Park Hyatt. You're, <laughs> You're like, like, bitch, wrap it up. It's just like giving the Halifax fire treatment to the Jane. Okay, so wait, there's another explosive scene. Yes. Where a famous actor, a famous actor again, pre transition many years before, comes up and is like, You're not a fucking lesbian. You just need some dick. Like, you're lying to everyone. Like, lesbians don't exist. Like, I'm going to fuck you so hard. Like, you're going to love this dick. And he says in the book, He's like, This person is a very famous actor. To this day, we don't speak. We see each other at an award show. We look nod. at each other, nod. And then also, this guy day after or something on another word show, apologized to Elliot mm. and was like, I'm sorry, I love gay people. I do think they're real. And Elliot was like, that's not enough. Like, So first I saw rumors that it was Chris Pratt. Who is like so Christian. So Christian and like married Catherine Schwarzenegger and just anyway, you could see that be like, oh, he's a douche. But he has a lot of outdoor toys in his garage. He's very toys in the water. Yeah. Which um, I saw in an episode of um, The Home Edit <laughs> when they were organizing his garage. <laughs> oh, it was his garage so crazy. Yeah, well, and he so wasn't actually clubs. in it. It was just Catherine Schwarzenegger <laughs> being just like, these are my husband's toys. And it was like so many like crazy crossbows and like <laughs> so many guns. But then I heard via my girlfriend who follows Dumois <laughs> that it's Tobey Maguire 
who I guess like is also known as like kind of a douchebag, which also kind of makes sense because like he's runs with the Wolfpack, Leo's crew. It sounds way more Toby to me. Right. Chris Pratt just sounds he's very too, Chris controlled. Chris Pratt's too Christian. Yeah. I don't think he would. I don't he think would, he would like, have like a blow up like that. But Toby McGuire seems like he's probably always like getting drunk and having a little bit too much whiskey and it's like. And being like, I'd fuck you. You're not gay. Yeah. That just, yeah, I could and see And it's him. supposedly a Marvel person, so. Spider-Man, which I also forgot because I'm like, MCU, haven't heard of you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know her. I don't know her. <laughs> and that's why your girlfriend would have the tea because she's like in the comic book world. Yes, she's in the universe. She's really familiar with genre. So weigh in on the comments of who you think I mean, I'm open is. to the possibility that it's someone else besides these two random names that you've put into the hat. It could be like Topher Grace, as you said in the car. <laughs> <laughs> like Topher seems like he's probably... A little upset, you know, like yeah, a little angry at think. always being the like the second fiddle, the third fiddle, even on that 70s show. And then it's like everyone else got a career. I mean, and... what if it's randomly Paul Rudd, who is also randomly in Marvel movies? Yeah, I mean, you know, I hate Paul Rudd with a passion. And people love Paul Rudd. Oh, he's an angel. The big secret, it's Paul Rudd. I mean, I really can't see that, but that would be a true twist. I mean, it's not Paul Rudd. <laughs> Paul Rudd is actually just like wasted on a hazy IPA being like you're not a fucking dyke <laughs> I, it's just like sorry he's not that interesting like Paul Rudd would never say anything like abrasive to anyone ever no he's honestly just like a dope human he's a, <laughs> he's a dope human and he's just like I'm sorry giant size Jenga that's a yes <laughs> like that's all he wants to do okay are we also landing on the fact that Ryan is Kate and the two stories are mixed yes and I also think that Kate Mara is the Yoli <laughs> <laughs> And when, of course, we say Stop. Kate Mara is the Yoli, we're referring to Yoli, the toxic femme from Ultimatum <laughs> yeah. Queer Love, because she is a liar. <laughs> Wait, Kate Mara's so the Yoli because she's being like, oh, I'm in love with two people. I'm sorry, this is hard for me. I can't choose. And Elliot is being so Ultimatum and just being just like, she said she was in love with two people. It made sense to me. Those kind of emotions can happen. They can well up in your body and feel them in just your being bones. Just so like, look, I get it and I trust you and I'm here to trust. Mm. Also, when they're at the Nova Scotia airport and Yoli slash Gay Mara writes a love letter in like the back of like a Naomi Klein book <laughs> and then like gives it back to Elliot. Do you remember when I was working at Dimes and Kate Mara came in for about 20 minutes looking for water? Oh, <laughs> fuck. Uh. Oh, it sounds like she was in there for a long time. Yeah, maybe she was waiting for someone. Or do you think she was into me? I think she was waiting for you to make a move. And I had no idea. And I was probably just like stealing Her eyes the quas. lingering on you. <laughs> I got you were shoving the quas <laughs> like in your down pants. my pants. Being like, I think I can take three cans home without anyone noticing. <laughs> and if you know the dimes market, if you know, you know. It's small. She was just pacing back But she's and more forth. pretty small too, she, I imagine. Yeah, she's very thin. Yeah. Almost worrisome. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. She could go have a grain bowl. Okay. But very tall. Oh, interesting. And then landed on classic celebrity, like tall glass mineral water. Just this. Just the glass just bottle the mineral after <laughs> yeah, 10 yeah, minutes just... of sauntering? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Wait, now I'm going to say I feel like actually it was me and another lesbian in the store. <gasps> oh. So she must have really been lingering. Okay, she could just feel the energy. In the, the, she was taking in the LGBTQI plus, plus community. community. I mean, maybe she just wanted one last inhale before she went and married Billy Elliot. And was like, <laughs> okay. Okay. 
I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) One water, I'm ready. I'm going to go marry a man and be happy. (laughs) Good for you, Kate. (laughs) I'm dying at Kmart being the guilty. Okay, also, Elliot is a switch. Yeah, because there's the point where he talks about like getting fucked by by Kate. Kate. And Kate is staring at his ass in the Bowery Hotel. Yeah. (laughs) Making sure we know it's in the Bowery Hotel. It's like, she looked at my ass she fucked me on the desk three feet from the window yeah. of the Bowery Hotel. It's Where almost- the little notepad that said the Bowery Hotel was on the corner and the phone to reception could be called at any time by dialing one. <laughs> this is literally like the queer brother to Jessica Simpson's book, which is no also detail goes unnoticed. <laughs> just also so like as we drove in in my escalade to the Dallas Fort Worth yeah. Hilton. <laughs> I mean, he's literally saying like the directional entrance of a hotel that they're exiting. <laughs> he left the south door and you're just like, babe, not moving the story along, not, not adding color, not doing anything. Because you're like, there are points where it's like I put her whole tit in my mouth, but then it's just like. And then I pulled out my Mini Cooper, which had a half tank of gas. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Okay, cool. I feel like his ex-wife is really like thrown on the bus. Every other girl that he sleeps with is just like she was so sexy, smart, charismatic, undeniably gorgeous. And the ex-wife who's like the dancer is just kind of mentioned towards the end of the book. That's why he's so fucking tough. I mean, I felt like there was such a toxic revision of the point of transition of being just like, my marriage was already ending when I decided to get top surgery. And I'm kind of just like, you're basically trying to say that the marriage was totally separate from you wanting this like sexual independence and to like feel yourself and, and be like, out on your that's own. That's literally fine. You should be able to feel yourself, but it's absolutely connected. I know, it's crazy. And then he says, which is like him being so the Mildred. <laughs> In our marriage, like, I put Emma's feelings to the top to hide my own, which was my own fault. And it's like, I also don't believe that. It's like, no, you didn't. No, I don't think you're prioritizing this choreographer. And he goes, goes, ultimately, it had nothing to do with them. It's like, your relationship didn't have nothing to do with Emma. That's, like, insanely insulting. It's just like, your relationship was with this person. Right, so if it had nothing to do with her. And I also think that it's like, like you said, it's fine to admit that transness was a route to independence and that masculinity fine was a route to that independence too but there's this weird like trying to fuss with the timeline thing just being like and although the public wasn't aware and we wouldn't announce the divorce till three months later emotionally it was just trying to be so like when people are just like no but emotionally it was over and you're kind of just like yeah, like, well, emotionally we were broken up but it's just like aka you were probably like cheating on her absolutely <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Okay, so this book is literally by maybe the most famous trans guy? I think this is the most famous. It's like this book book. was only written because he transitioned. Like, he got the book deal right after he came out. Right. I mean, like, you would usually write a memoir when you're 50, not when you're like in your 50s. Well, I mean, we've read a lot of memoirs by, you know, we got um, Megan Trainer. I mean, <laughs> who's 30? I'm just and saying, I'm, there are a lot of youth. No, I know. People <laughs> write memoirs when they don't need to, and I'm putting Megan Trainer absolutely <laughs> in that category. But I'm just kind of like, this book is definitely about transitioning. Like, it claims yeah, it's to kind be. of. So I think it's like valid to discuss that journey. Yeah, absolutely. I guess I'm wondering how you feel about his description of that and like I mean, the way just, that he handles it. I mean, I also feel like I should be kind of honest with our listeners about my own 
pronoun journey because I feel like some listeners are confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, similar to Elliot, where I feel like for the longest time I was like, oh, well, I'm like just like butch and like I am a she. But then I feel like as I, I don't feel the, like Elliot was even being I'm butch. No, though. Elliot. No, <laughs> Elliot was always just like, like I don't think they were ever even like were introduced to the concept of butch. <laughs> Elliot was just like, I wore flannels and listened to cat power yeah. and drank absinthe. Like they never even had short hair. Which, okay, so that's what I was going to talk about where I feel like I felt in my head I was so, like, sure of myself. And I was like, oh, well, I know, like, I want to be a man. And I feel like people, like, see me as that. But then, on the other hand, I was also literally, like, scared to cut my hair. But also because, you know, your bouffant was... Iconic. Iconic and rockabilly. (laughs) And you were like, rockabilly is retro and I'm so retro. And it's just like... I'm retro in that pull. And then I was like, oh, and I feel like I had all these, like, little excuses of, like, well, I can't get top surgery because I need my boobs to like play women in videos and I can't cut my hair because I also like need to do these silly videos and it was like I was putting a lot on like a video I make (laughs) on Vimeo like once a year where I play a fabulous woman and it's kind of like okay let's examine that like maybe there are some other like fears in there and then I feel like when I like finally did cut the hair and I was like oh actually a little more like getting heed and then like the top surgery I feel like I now I'm like getting heed more but like also i have this like fear of like asking people to he me right because like i'm not on testosterone and like i feel like a lot of people like tell me like well you can do whatever you want like i know i can but i still feel like i have this block like i'm not like allowed to be like heed all the time and i think i also have this like oh i'm so chill like call me whatever like it's fine and I feel like, yeah, now, like, definitely in the written word, she does give me, like, shivers. And I'm like, that's so random. Who is that? And, like, the word girlfriend is, like, also so random. So I feel like my girlfriend is now more, like, calling me boyfriend or, like, partner. But then I'm also just, like. Do you see girlfriend in the written word a lot? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, like, she, in, in a lot of articles, like, like my in the Daily Mail, they're like, when Maya. They're like Maya and her girlfriend. No, I meant like more she in articles that have been like written about us. Right. Yeah. We are famous. Yeah. Because loops were famous. Yeah. I don't know. And I feel like I never connected with they, but like I love when he happens, but I'm afraid of asking for it. And she feels random. But like when like you or my mom calls me she, I like don't care. But then right. like when I hear it in passing, I'm like, that's not me. Right. So now I feel like I am in a he they place, but like also like I'm super chill. <laughs> like <laughs> Right. And- so when I feel like when Elliot basically talks about like the haircut and the asking for it, it's it sounds like they had more trouble with top surgery, which is funny because that's I had no trouble like admitting that. Except now that I think back, I would be like, Oh, well, I'll just have top surgery when I find out of breast cancer. Yeah, I mean, you were really looking at that BRCA gene whole thing, like really hoping that would be your one-two punch. And that would just happen. Because I think it was also financial insecurity, which is a queer trait of yes. like, oh, this is so expensive. Like, I can never do this. Right. And then I do feel like the pandemic was hashtag the great transition for like so many people. Well, literally for Elliot, as yeah. he says. I mean, I liked also 
when he's like younger and he like sees boys pulling their shirts off. Yes. And he's like, oh, that I wanted was... to do that. And I love that. I thought that was so like visual and evocative. Like, I wanted more of that because that's something so I've watched. Like, yeah. the way a guy no, at I was the like, beach I wish like, pulls I had that, that body too. <laughs> like, that's... And it comes off the huge shoulders yeah. and like slips off. And you see like the way a gold chain like hangs on like a yeah. man's shoulders. No, I mean, one day I'll get top surgery as well. <laughs> yeah. And I wish I wish I looked like a man. But I thought it was very funny to say, like, the pandemic, like, quite literally made him think he was a man because he was seeing his reflection in store windows without his face, just totally masked. Mm. Also, the chapter being called Mask. I know, could that be queer? That- Mask up, folks. But it was so obviously a play on masculinity. Mask. It was so, yeah. remind me of the Kate Berlant show where she's like, mask, mask, the father, <laughs> the father wears the mask, masculinity. It was just like, okay, we got it. Please stop being so one woman show right now. I feel like his actual kind of transition moments like were good and that's why I'm a little bit like with the girls and the, I guess, and the, the well, Canada, like some part where it's like the childhood stuff and talking about the top surgery. I feel like those were kind of small they were small. My issue is that I don't think there was anything about it's like it was mostly about top surgery. And he was always yeah, just being like, I hated being in dresses. It just mostly seemed to be about Hollywood was trying to make him femme. Yes. And it's kind of just like that's maybe one piece. Okay. But there's like a whole lot where I was like, I want to hear more when you were like having sex or like how you're portraying the romantic relationships or like like I don't think it's on Elliot to like defend the concept of transness like it's fine it's a social thing it's not he's not the only trans person right now but it's like what does being a man mean to you what is masculinity if there's any time to have that conversation is this not the book the time this is your book about transitioning and then it's just kind of like one sense be like I was afraid to make an appointment and then I made an appointment it's like okay sure Absolutely. It's actually making it sound like pretty superficial. It's and like you're it's just being like up. a man is just like not having to wear dresses to premieres and and like and having an eight pack and a flat chest. Well, I know. And I feel like folks in the LGBTQI plus community who have received top surgery, you know, where there's scars and, you know, maybe your nipples look weird. And the photo of Elliot that he posted that was like six weeks after topped eight pack, no scars. Right. That's just like, sure, maybe that is your realness, but like, yeah. I think I wanted a little bit more after the top surgery where there was so much before and it was like, let's talk about the euphoria instead of only about the dysphoria. Well, and yeah, but of course, like there isn't room for that when you get the book deal one week after you get divorced <laughs> and come out as trans and you're just like, cool, like we're about to shoot season three of the Umbrella <laughs> Academy. Academy. Time to write my non-linear memoir about Halifax history. I'm just like, mention the Umbrella Academy a little less and just like, let's talk about the inner workings of what's going on in your mind. Like, yeah. just a few more thoughts of how you feel. Yeah. As a man said on my Instagram yesterday, stop appropriating man face. There's more to a man than how he looks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'd like Elliot to respond to that commenter. Oh, and he was Canadian, too. So, so Elliot, respond. Yeah, maybe speak to your other community. Uh, yeah, let's kind of do a page boy, too. I'm not telling him, but I <laughs> Ultimately, just Ultimately, I, I can't no, no, do a no, page no, boy, Not a page two. boy, too, but I was like... I'm not waiting around for page man. <laughs> this book would have been a lot more interesting written in 10 years. Yeah. And I th- also think, like, you know, when you wait to write a memoir, you're less afraid afraid of the past and you can just talk about it more casually because it's like you know it's less powerful for you you know that's why like people in their 60s they just like they're telling all these tales like they don't give a fuck anymore but it's like it's all just too recent and he's being too precious and being too like the umbrella academy finally made me feel 
Yeah, like it was literally just like the umbrella in the trailer. <laughs> I'm just like, let's go deeper. Yeah. Then you get to wear a flannel on season three. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The Great Great Segment segment Explosion of of 1917. What is he wear? How does he eat? How does he live? How does he live? Oh, he's like anorexic, which was like talked about, but not. Well, but then he gets over it when he like starts eating smoothies on the set of Juno or whatever. It's just like so LA. (laughs) And also again, like 
say it with me. I was thin and weird. Yeah, and, like, I was ugly thin as and weird. Kid. Yeah. Oh wait, no, this was the best part. His evil stepmom is like a food stylist and is always making like pan Asian stir fries, and it's so nineties in my childhood, and like tofu and chow mein noodles. And he's like, the flavors were too much. I couldn't handle Linda's stir fries. The flavors intermingling. Yeah. I liked my mom's food no. of plain like. I mean, this chicken. whole book is basically about how Linda was mean. The, yes. the stepmom was mean. That's like she's like the main villain in the book, and I'm kind of just like, there's she's it, not there's, that there's, mean. She's not that mean. <laughs> Sorry, she's not that it. mean. You're waiting for like this crazy abusive thing. It's like Kathy Hilton fucking sent Paris to prison, where she got like raped and beaten. Linda calls Elliot like skid mark once because Elliot had like skid marks yeah. on his underwear, which I, is not nice. But but I'm just like. Okay, there was some slight bullying from the stepmom. Who's <laughs> a food stylist? Like, she's a food <laughs> stylist too. I'm like, like, how mean could she be? How mean could a food stylist be? Anyway, he eats ketchup chips, which we've learned, I think, is a Canadian thing. Yeah. Throughout, and it's always like, my hands greasy with ketchup chips. But also, like, he does drink, as queer people do. No, it's And is always having just like an amazing mezcal tequila at Catherine <laughs> no. Keener's fire pit. <laughs> We sang, we drank tequila, we played Morris Leader Kenny. <laughs> Other thing that he's like, I had a crush on Leader on Carrie Brownstein. We went to a wine bar. That gets a whole chapter. Oh, yeah. And then he does like a retreat where he makes like sauerkraut. And it's like really like so oh, beautiful. And yeah. He's punching My the whole cabbage. Thing, and that's where he meets the gay that they did gaycation with, which is the worst yeah. show ever. <laughs> I feel like that whole like cosplay woofing BS was so fake and for one week and I don't think Elliot is like still pickling woofing, sauerkraut and like no. caring about what's it called permaculture and like this I don't think they're happens. composting. He's at Whole Foods and he picks up that fancy very dimes brand of sauerkraut. Yeah. Goes to whatever hoe he's fucking. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like this one time I went to Portland. <laughs> yeah. I made sauerkraut. You mean sauerkraut. And the girl's like, maybe we should make sauerkraut sometimes. And he says, yeah. yeah. And they never do. Yep. <laughs> I met this amazing woman who pickles all her own radishes in her She's home. Beautiful, She's beautiful. One freckles. day, I want to take you up there and have you meet her. And like this random starlet's just like, cool, yeah, it sounds hot. Oh, at one point he tells Kate Mara to seduce her that he's going to make her a tofu scramble. Tofu and eggs is such a no for me. Nasty. Anyway, Whole Foods okay. a lot of bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, what does he wear? he wear? Yeah, I mean, now he's just like Carhartt, jeans, flannel, Yeah, now beanie. it's like more fuckboy. Yeah. And like Gucci Art, art bro talks. fuckboy. And now that he has the Gucci campaign, I'm sure they've sent him a bunch of like Tons. dress pants and cool sweater vests. And he's, he's going to like a premiere after party at whatever like producer's house, like in this Gucci sweater vest, just being like, it's Gucci. Yeah. But then is saying to just like whatever, like Jennifer Lawrence, just being like, yeah, I feel stupid. I don't know. I mean, do you think it looks good on me? Jennifer Lawrence's like, oh, you look awesome. <laughs> this woman. <laughs> and, he's like, and then Jennifer Lawrence okay. spills something and falls. And it's like, I'm such a klutz. I'm such a klutz. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, oh, did you? Like, let me click. And like, she's already moved on or whatever. <laughs> and, and she's just like, uh, oops, like spilling something else on Larry David. And Elliot's just like, Damn. Damn, Try she's beautiful. Next time. Do you think people in Hollywood are mad about all the little secrets he tells in this book? Not that many secrets. It's like just Kate Mara. Yeah. 
Well, no, because he's just saying, Kate Mara is the most beautiful person. She will always oh, be, yeah, be a good friend. A good friend. I'm sure he got a ton of consent from Kate. I, I was like, this. to say that name, Kate was like, you're beautiful. And our journey at the Bowery Hotel was also beautiful. Yeah. It's also funny. He does admit that they actually had nothing to talk about, which was like one of the most that, honest no, that was like that was that, that was so honest. He was like, yeah. we actually had nothing in common. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just like, yes, we like liked fucking. It's like, yeah, thank you. Celebrities like, what's going on up there? <laughs> How does he live? How does he live? I think kind of as he describes, like he doesn't really have a style. I think it's basic mid-century stylist that came in. It's like two chairs, gorgeous couch. Because there's constantly apartments in the book where he's just like, I had nothing. I had nothing. I had a futon in one bedroom. The room was so big, it made me feel small and stupid. And then once he's dating some girl, he's like, I had a kidney bean-shaped pool. Two chairs and now a couch. Yeah, I mean, that sounds chic. I and it's want. like a chic LA mid-sense. Low bed, the works. No, definitely a low bed because this tiny little ass <laughs> can't get up in a high bed. He's a ladder. Who are you in the book? I guess I just like I'm Elliot. You wish you were Linda. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was Linda, but I'm Elliot. You wish you were a food stylist. <laughs> I wish I was a married evil stepmom food stylist in the North Hemisphere near the farmer's market of Halifax. <laughs> you know what we are? We're Elliot and his friend when they go to Eastern Europe and we're listening to Cat Power and sharing headphones. Yeah, I mean, I hate that I'm redhead gay friend who sucks, <laughs> but I guess I am. Yeah, sorry. I mean, we don't choose our fate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, I guess you could also be like the horny lesbian female real estate agent that goes and dries hums him in like an empty apartment. Yeah, okay, I'll be her. Okay. She's badass. Perfect. Sorry, Elliot. I hope this doesn't ruin my career and like getting a sponsored show on Freebie, but I'm giving this book like a I'm giving this book one out of five seasons of Umbrella Academy. <laughs> For my career, I'm giving this two ketchup chips out of five. Um, okay, yeah. But thank you and do thank feel affirmed in your, your journey, journey and your yes, narrative. And we're proud of you and I loved you know, and I actually I love your work. Just the book wasn't my favorite. And I liked Whip It a lot. And I again, I said, as I love uh, hard candy. And I really like Inception. It's a great flick, too. I've, I've never seen homework. Yeah, it's not, it's not really, really a you kind of movie. Whip It is so me. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, happy Pride. It's, it's July. <laughs> it's July. And Pride is about being honest about non-linear queer narratives that you read. Right. And sometimes Pride could be in a non-June month. Yes. Best. Best. <laughs> This episode of Celebrity Book Club, Stephen and Lily, was recorded at Halifax Studios. The supervising producer is Abu Zafar. The producer is Darby Masters. The executive producer is Christina Everett. She's my stepmom and a food stylist. The artwork is done by Teddy Blanks. I saw him once in Portland at a gallery show. He was beautiful. I didn't have a crush, but I felt something. I liked the way his look. His hair fell, his eyes. We had a really good conversation. The music was done by Stephen Phillips Horst. I saw him open for Cedar Kinney once. My body flew, flagged, flogged. I felt the pulse of his beats. Yeah, well, this episode was birthed by Prologue Projects, which is a small company in Halifax. They're beautiful. They sell really good products there. Follow us on Twitter if you use it, no pressure. 
follow us on Instagram. Also, no pressure. I totally understand if that's not something you want to use. That's CBC The Pod. Leave a review on iTunes. Thanks. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Are you looking to build this year? If so, there is no better time than right now to start planning and to get your spot on the construction schedule. If you need a garage, a stall barn, a storage for vehicles, RV, boat, collectibles, or even a a shop for your farm, hobbies, or car restoration projects, visit MortonBuildings.com and start your construction process. With superior materials, craftsmanship, best-in-class warranty, Morton Buildings are made to last for generations. At Morton, the difference is in the details. From their cutting-edge innovations to their craftsmen in the field, they are dedicated to surpassing expectations. Their legacy of excellence spans more than 120 years, and Morton Buildings is 100% employee-owned with more than a quarter million satisfied customers. That means they're the industry leader you can trust. When you choose Morton, you'll experience quality at every step of the building process, starting before the walls even go up. Visit mortonbuildings.com to get started today. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.